Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friends, I am so grateful you're here with us today for the Fully Restored Podcast. Before we jump into my interview with today's guest, I wanted to let you know that today's topic of discussion is a difficult one and a topic that is best listened to away from children's ears. These interviews in this series are powerful, transparent, and real, but also give so much hope for someone who's been abused. Please be mindful of your own triggers and know we are discussing these things to bring them to the light of Jesus and to help women find their own healing and hope. Thanks, friends. And now to my interview. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by my friend Tamara Andrus. Tamara is also a contributing author to the She Writes for Him Stories of Resilient Faith book. I know I talk about this book a lot, but I'm telling you, friends, it's a powerful book. She is a beautiful soul inside and out. She has a heart of gold, and you will love her just as I do. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me. You guys, let's just be real here. We had some crazy tech deal before this happened. (laughs) So we just had to pray an abundance of peace. And we're praying that through the microphones right now for you as you tune into today, as this conversation, especially coming from any of the authors, I think from the book, it's never something that's super comfortable and not very easy, but we have to rely fully on the Holy Spirit. And so thank you for having me and allowing me to just be in his presence alongside you today, Kristen. Absolutely. And really, the listeners aren't even realizing what I have been through in the last couple of episodes of recording where my brand new mic went out and had to get a new one and it was staticky. And that's how I know that this topic of what we're talking about is so important to discuss because so many women are struggling from abuse and they need help. So Tamara, before we jump in fully into everything about abuse. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? Yeah, so I am, of course, a daughter of the King Most High, first and foremost, and try and put that above everything that I do on a daily basis. I'm a mama of two. I've got a little boy and a little girl who are six and seven. And then my husband and I have been together for eight years, uh, together for 12, married eight. So this whole process of me evolving and coming into knowing my identity in the Lord has happened while married and while being a mom. So that gives you some context and timing and also has led me into what I do today on a consistent basis, which is pull out, uh, illuminate, and activate women into their passion, their purpose, and their God identity through kingdom businesses. And so I'm a Christian women's business coach on the daily and absolutely just love thriving in that space alongside women just like yourself. Wonderful. You are one busy lady, and I just (laughs) have seen so many things just blossoming in your life and your ministry, and that's 
that's really exciting. So she is a gem friend. So if you want more information about growing as an individual and ministry and dreams, Tamara is your girl for sure. Thank you so much. So Tamara, your story of abuse goes back to your childhood. Could you share with us about that time in your life? Yeah, so I was about three and you know, I, my entire adult life have always unpacked memories and, you know, my family will be around the kitchen table and like, oh, I remember this one time. And I literally could never remember. I blocked out so much of my childhood and I always just thought it was like a memory thing. And in the midst of the hardest season of my marriage, where I had finally taken all of the coping mechanisms that I utilized to suppress this very situation, and it had come full circle to the point where I had no option but to address what was so deeply undiscoverable, so deeply suppressed in my life that I didn't even know this memory existed. And so I was about four to five sessions into therapy and my husband was sitting alongside me and my therapist started asking questions. And I, again, was deflecting them based on my own safety zone, basically. And she said something and said, you know, I have this book for you that I really want you to read. And it was called No Stones. And I 1000% recommend it over and over again for anyone who has any sort of sexual trauma or sexual abuse. And this person, the author, is unpacking her own sexual abuse. Again, at this point, you guys, I didn't even know that this was something I had walked through. And I started reading and about two chapters in, I had a flood of memories just come back to me. And so I was three years old and I was on the outside playground of my own backyard in the care of my mother, who was a daycare and preschool provider and had other children in the care. And so I'm in a safe place, right, with my mom and yards away from me. And she had a specific child who actually had a mental disability. And he was substantially older than me and had me up in kind of like where the slide zone is, where it's usually like cornered off, sectioned off into a little hut or house of some point and had put his finger over my mouth and had me touch him. And those were the memories that flooded back in, in trauma and fear and such sadness. And I know the reason that I suppressed them was because I felt guilty over his mental state, thinking it was my fault and not his because how could it possibly be his fault? And this had continued for, uh, gosh, I would imagine it was almost a year. And within the year we moved. And when that happened, I don't remember anything else really happening, but so much transpired from those times and just feeling completely silenced by the situation, literally physically, because he had his hand over my mouth, but also just emotionally. That you bring up a really important aspect of your story is because it's different than some other stories that I've heard. And it's about taking the blame for somebody else who it feels maybe they're helpless or they're not responsible for what they have done. And then you took on that full blame. As you were in the therapy, did you feel that you took on that blame since a childhood or was that something that once you had that revelation of what happened, you took on the blame? No, I think I had taken it on for so long. I think I knew 
because of how other things in my life unfolded and transpired from there, especially reliance on uh like sexual intimacy with others and pornography, which then became an, uh, an abuse factor when I was like six, led into things like chat rooms and conversations in high school that phones were just coming out. So sexting, cyber sex, all of that stuff transpired. And again, I put all of that blame on myself and it was all very secret. And I just felt so much shame around it, but I couldn't comprehend why me, why was this happening? I never understood the root. And so when I understood this root, it really, it freed me. So as part of our redemption from abuse series here on the Fully Restored podcast, would you tell us briefly about your fully restored story? Because you've told about what happened. You told about going into therapy. Then what happened? So here I am on this couch and in this book and in the bed with my own husband and, and having to reveal these things and come into the knowing of them instead of just being alone or with a therapist, I'm now doing it in a marriage alongside a one and two year old. And so very difficult trying time where I did have so many other responsibilities. I also was a CEO of two companies at the time. And so 60 hours a week are spent building a dream. And yet my dream, which was my home and my first ministry, which I didn't understand it as that, it just felt like I had achieved the American dream, if you will, were crumbling. And so a huge part of my redemption story was the setting aside of what culture tells me is success and pouring into my nucleus, my home, and the place that we often put to the side, which is our own mental and spiritual health. And that's something that is really important to you is the mind, body, and soul. It's the whole person and not just one aspect of a person. How does your understanding of mind, body, and soul play into your redemption story? Yeah, so body probably was where I put a majority of emphasis in my entire life ever since I was a child, not because of this situation, but because I grew up in what you would say now is probably a crunchy home, but at the time was just health oriented. My dad and mom are really into fitness. They're marathon runners and personal trainers. And so I grew up in a space where I was constantly focused on the body. Uh, I also started gymnastics at the same three-year-old time and was a gymnast for 16 years. So everything was body oriented. And then stepping into that space of acting out in sexual intimacy, uh, obviously your body is the forefront and pornography being a role in that as well. You see images of what what is a woman supposed to look like? How am I supposed to use my body to attract the opposite sex? What is my body's actual purpose? What role do I play in the bedroom? Here I am as a wife now or a mother, and what does my body you know, serve my husband? And none of it was out of understanding the purpose of my body as a vessel for the Lord. None of it was understanding my body as a vessel even for my children, like bearing them. Obviously, I knew the gift of motherhood at this point, but still like it was all about getting back in shape and physicality. I was actually a personal trainer and nutritionist prior to this season for a while and even trained at a gym and always unpacked this conversation of body health with women. And yet I didn't even know my own purpose in that. So when I was walking through my healing process and fully becoming restored and still going to the gym as an outlet, 
realizing that I needed to take myself away from the mirror, which I actually did for about a 30 day window. I couldn't even brush my teeth in the mirror. And so I really had this new understanding and knowing of coming into alignment with my physicality. And when I was at the gym, realizing I couldn't listen to the music that everybody else was listening to. And I really needed to focus on my spirituality first and everything that I was doing. And that had a huge click for me, a massive transformation of realizing that the things that I do with my body and the things that I fuel my body with, whether it's water, food, any of that, it needs to be fully aligned to what God says is right and clean and whole and well. And in order for me to feel that cleanliness and that desire of really a wedding dress and dressed in white and that concept that needed to happen from all areas of who I am. And that is, you know, a mind, a body and a spirit. And so unlocking that for me was an incredible journey, about an 18 month journey that I've been so desperately and still to this minute want to impart to other women, the value of that vertical alignment in all of those spaces. And you bring up a really good point about body and our body image and the purpose of our body, because we both know for somebody who has experienced sexual abuse, we then view our body in unhealthy ways. And so then we get into unhealthy activities and have wrong views about our self-image and we find our value from what our body can bring us and not through God and who we are in Christ. And so your story is so powerful and such a beautiful example of how God has redeemed you and redeemed your self-image and your body image and realigned you back into that right relationship with him and with yourself, really. So much so. I'm so grateful because even just this morning, this is such a beautiful correlation. I was listening to the song, Better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And I got quite emotional, actually, because I had remembered that song and I hadn't heard it for almost two decades. And I didn't come to know Jesus until I was about middle school, early high school. And even in that situation, it was really just for the relational side of this is where the crowds hung out, which is awesome for my high school that they had young life and youth group and that we could hang out in a healthy environment. But I was memorizing, you know, songs just for the sake of let me close my eyes and worship because I memorized the song, not because I knew God. And so circa, you know, now fast forward to two decades later, I'm hearing this song this morning and I'm realizing the incredible power and truth that his spirit resided in me, even in the time where I was completely unknowing of my body confidence and what my actual purpose was in the vessel he had given me. And now realizing that I spent thousands of days outside of his will and using my flesh and answering to my flesh and again doing so mainly out of coping mechanisms not really out of full desire just thinking it was my purpose and so standing in the one day of his courts and realizing how he sees me and who he sees me as and every purpose of my mind body and spirit is something that money can't buy that's something that really nothing could buy. I could die today and be completely just in gratitude. As you're talking, I'm thinking of Mary and Martha in the Bible. 
And Mary sat at Jesus's feet and worshiped him and gleaned from him. And I just saw that image of you as you were worshiping and crying this morning, that that is just a merry moment for you and how God has transformed you into one who is a worshiper, who sits at his feet and gleans all that she can from him. And, <laughs> That's so good. I have to share this because this is so good you guys, you don't, this is why when you speak vulnerably and you speak authentically and you're aligned with other sisters who know the heart of the father, moments like this, where I work here to fill you guys up, we get filled up in that very same moment because Mary and Martha are two women in the Bible that I have really, really leaned into over the course of the last three years and really struggled because I feel like I'm a Martha. I feel like my whole life has been living Martha moment to Martha moment and knowing the value of being a Mary and wanting so desperately for that and praying into it, but also knowing that there's a lot of value and a lot of power in Martha's role as well. She was the first to greet Jesus when he came to raise Lazarus from the dead. She was the one who came out in faith and said, Jesus, I knew you'd come. And so I honor, I honor Martha, but this affirmation right now in this moment of being a Mary and seeing myself in that space when I would have never thought of myself as that because I was going from hustling my kids to school, hustling myself to the job and being here and on the move like a Martha, but it really was a Mary moment. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about the listener who, because when we experience abuse, we often try to deal and cope with very many different unhealthy ways. And one of them, you know, we talked about body and using our body and finding love through our body. But the other is also being busy, being a, a perfectionist of always having to do and not ever finding rest. Because really, when we find rest, we sit with our thoughts. And that's a really difficult thing. And so we're very busy. And what a beautiful picture to show women that God can transform us from someone who's always doing, because that's where we find our value and our self-worth, to being a Mary who just sits at Jesus's feet. Now, she's a doer also. She had roles that she did, but she also had her life in balance. And she knew when to sit at the feet of Jesus and when to absorb his love and when to just pour out onto him. And I'm thinking of the listeners right now who you're a busy person and maybe you're driving to take your kids somewhere or maybe you're going to pick up your kids or maybe you're jogging while you're listening to this, but you're always doing, doing, doing. Can I just encourage you to pause, to take some time and just pause, to quiet your spirit, to quiet your soul and just listen to what God wants to say to you. Maybe put some worship music on, but don't get so consumed only listening to music because sometimes we do that as a filler that that's how God's gonna talk to us. But find that time where you can just sit at Jesus's feet and pray. I love the scripture when Samuel was little and it was, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And we just need to pause and just say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What do you desire to say to me? And I want to encourage you that when you do that, you're going to hear kind words. And we often disregard those kind words because we don't think so well of ourselves. But that is God whispering 
to you, life into you. So I just want to encourage that. This was not planned in our schedule at all of what we were going to talk about. But you speak so much about how busy you were. I mean, you started saying I was the CEO of two companies and then God did this in your life. Yeah. yeah. And in that time, Kristen, uh, a lot of people ask, like, how did you remove yourself from that? You guys, I let both of those companies go. And I spent literally 18 months as a stay-at-home mom, as a stay-at-home wife, and fully submerged into a church for the first time. Everything that they offered, I was there. Every women's ministry thing, I was there. Every opportunity that worship music was on, I was soaking. And everybody doesn't have that luxury, and I totally get that. I totally understand that. Mind you, I was still, quote-unquote, doing a lot with a one- and two-year-old at home. But without letting go and releasing the thing that I controlled so tightly, I thought this was my success. This is my life's goal, right? Without letting that go, I never, ever would have imagined myself here today as a Christian women's business coach, utilizing the same thing that God still gave me gifts and talents to do, but literally for his glory and for his kingdom versus the world. Yes. And and you are definitely a gift to women. And so with your life experience and where God has brought you today, what are a couple of things that you can share with our listeners as they begin their journey of healing? Yeah. So I noted a couple of things here because we could go on so many different tangents and talk for hours and all of them. But one of them was submission and the act of realizing that through your submission, the fruits grow. So submission brings fruition. And that process is really just like waving the white flag and being okay with the fact that you can't do it all. You can't fix it. You can't control it. You can't make it happen. You can't do enough because God just wants you to rest in that being and rest in that knowing and rest in his love and his capability to heal to transform, to become new, and to own that white dress that you one day will wear or want to wear again or have worn and really having this exchange with him. And I actually had a beautiful prophetic experience uh, where I was able to walk down the aisle to Jesus himself wearing this new white clean robe that he gave me and saying, I do to him and realizing the power of that before even my husband, who I absolutely adore and stood beside me during this entire journey. So I'm so grateful. So that's one thing I would definitely want to share as you journey through this process of healing. Another one would be to let him be your advocate. Like we don't always have to have the right words. We don't always have to have the answer. And again, back to that control, if we can reside in him through the, the wisdom and the truth that he gives us in the Bible, he will advocate on our behalf every single time. And that takes stillness and that takes quiet and that takes time away from all of the things that you thought mattered and pouring them into the things that truly do matter based on what he says And again, that identity factor. And then lastly, for me, was really safe harboring my inner circle. I had to let go of so many relationships, relationships of people that I really did love and really do love. Some people inclusive of my family, my immediate family, my parents, my siblings in this year long journey, because I was realizing that a lot of my hurt and pain was stuck and isolated in this space of enabling 
And in this space of being seen and known only by them, when I was actually somebody completely different and God wanted more of me, he expected more of me, was hoping more for me and and for my children. And so allowing myself to rest in who he said I was and reading those scriptures over and over again, so that when I walked back into those relationships of love, they were there, um, not necessarily open-armed because it was a tough situation and a tough time, but I was able to stand so confidently in the identity of who he says I am. And when they told me and confronted me with something different, I got to stand up and say, no, this is who I am. This is who I'm called to be. I don't have to do those things to be loved. I'm loved just for me. Amen to all of that. I love the image of the bride Mm -hmm. of Christ and that You know, he was showing you as you had that prayer time with him uh, that you are the bride of Christ and that you have been redeemed and that you are now white as snow in that white dress. And Jesus is our advocate. He is continually praying and interceding for us. And I love the wisdom of shifting your inner circle because we often have some unhealthy relationships or unhealthy behaviors with certain people. And we need to recognize that. We need to set and establish healthy boundaries. Sometimes we have to sever relationships, but sometimes it's just about having a healthy boundaries with them of what they speak into your life and what they don't and not having codependent behavior and not being fearful to speak the truth of what God is speaking to you. Really good. I wanted to speak to the codependency because that's a huge, huge thing that I fought with in my own marriage and was completely codependent of, of people, again, that I loved. And were those relationships all bad? No, but God is asking you to leave and cleave for a reason when you come into your marriage. And I never did that. He was never number one. He was never number two, really. Poor guy, sweetest thing. If you meet him, you're just going to fall in love with him and probably feel bad for him. But at the same time, he's just, he's literally risen to the occasion of being the man that God would ask of him and standing alongside me in this process, this trial and error process for me now to have an understanding of the love and respect that he has given me in return for grace upon grace, right? Iron sharpening iron. But in codependency, there's a huge piece of stepping back into those relationships as I did and understanding boundaries. Another resource besides No Stones that I mentioned earlier is reading Henry Cloud. He has Safe People and Boundaries. And those two books are transformational for anyone on any portion of their journey, whether abuse is in your story or not. Boundaries and understanding those safe people for that inner circle are critical for our life. Yeah. And actually, the Boundaries book comes in a couple of different versions. And in the last I would say maybe three years, the Boundaries book came out, um, revised version, and they have one for marriage, they have one for teens. So there's a lot of books that they have done about the boundaries that I highly recommend as well. Well, Tamara, what a powerful message you have. And I love how the direction the Holy Spirit just led us to go that speaks specifically to the need of the women that are listening to us today. And I I thank you for your willingness to be used by God to minister to women and men who've experienced abuse, because there may be men listening to this as well, although our target is for women. So in our last few minutes, could you close us out in prayer? Mm, Yeah, I'd be honored. God, I just thank you. I thank you for the women, the men, anyone listening today, Lord, that they are just here in 
a merry moment in a moment where you are speaking and you are showing up for them in an intimate way that they can just come to know you more, come to know your heart for restoration and healing and rejuvenation, come to know and feel the true depths of your love. God, that it is truly better to be in your court for one day, one minute, than it is a thousand years somewhere else. You are beautiful and gracious and kind and patient. And without knowing your love, Lord, I would never know my purpose. So I just thank you as Kristen continues to steward these messages for these willing and capable ears and listeners, God, that they would not just listen, but activate, that it would propel them into their place of purpose by understanding that their identity in you, Lord, is truly the transformation point for them to be the ripple effect that you would have them be here on earth as it is in heaven. God, that there is so much abundant fruit when we reside at your feet. God, I just thank you that this is an opportunity to do so and that Kristen continues to steward this calling on her life in such a beautiful way. We love you. We sing your praises. We sing your name. And we thank you even for the hardships and the hurts and the pains and the wandering years, Lord, because in that you still get the glory. So God, I just thank you for being utilized as a vessel that I can point them back to you. My sweet heavenly father, we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tamara, for joining us today. And our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I would love to stay connected with you. So be sure to find me on Instagram or on my Facebook page at author Kristen Klaus. And Tamara's links and all that can be found on on my website as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I don't know if the word enjoy is the right word, but actually I hope the Holy Spirit really spoke and ministered to your heart today as you listen to the Fully Restored podcast. Our prayer is that you are walking away with some keys, some things that spoke to you specifically for your own healing journey. And remember friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.